Hi there! Welcome to yet another exciting episode on the Real God, Real People podcast. Blessing Obada is my name and I'm your host. Today I am so excited to bring to you Laura Meller. She is a lover of Christ and she works with people from other cultures. Yeah, she will be sharing today her testimony in her walk with the Lord. Once again, it's the Real God, Real People podcast. Stay tuned. Hi, Laura. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) How are you doing? Doing good. It's a good Wednesday morning we have here. Not too cold. (laughs) Yes, I totally agree with you, Laura. It's really, it's a really beautiful day. <laughs> yeah. So, Laura, you're welcome to the Real God, Real People podcast. <laughs> Thank you. All right. You're welcome. So, um, you know, Laura, I'm going to start from the very beginning, like I always do. Please, can we meet you? Who is Laura Mela, please? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I think if you ask other people, they might give you different definitions, but I think the simplest terms would be I am originally from the States, uh, from a family of six, and right now I've been living in Germany for the last year and a half now, but most importantly, just a fellow Christian in Christ that's seeking to follow Christ wherever he leads me. Oh. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much, Laura. So the first time I got to know you, it was when you were introduced as, as part of a team that worked with people from other cultures, introducing them to Jesus and loving them deeply and building you know, strong relationships with them. And I remember from my seat, I was like, oh, wow, she's so young and she's so pretty. yeah that was exactly what I thought I was really really touched and you also had zeal when you introduced yourself and talked about what you were doing Mm. now now Laura I must ask you how did this your cross-cultural journey begin and how long has it been Oh, that's a, that's a great question you know when I first started I would have to say um I moved overseas in 2009 after my completion of my university, but I would say it actually started in college because I was attending a church and they really encouraged us to get to know um, different people from different nations, especially those who never had access to knowing who Jesus was or God's love. Um, And then since then, I moved since college. So since 2009, I've been overseas um, in Asia and the Middle East now in Germany and that's, it's just an ongoing process of, okay, Lord, we're following you. Where can we be light? Thank you so much. Let's go back a bit. Because this all, I think everything that you're doing now actually has a story, a Christian, a Christian story behind it. Mm-hmm. So, so please, could you tell us, when did you meet Jesus? Mm. I love that question. And I also, I am so challenged by it because I don't have a specific day. But I think back when I was a little girl, I went to church off and on. Um, our, our family had a lot of challenges with my mom's health, but I loved reading my Bible and I was never discouraged in reading that. And when I did go to church, which is a church that I'm partnered with to this day, they they just love the word of God. And I didn't know that was rare, actually. Um, so I grew up at a church that 
loved the word of God, taught us the word of God. And so it was really throughout my youth, I just became more and more in love and meeting with Jesus. And I would even say till today, like I'm still meeting with Jesus and knowing who he is and what he means and what the gospel is to me today, just as I was back then. I, I like I like how you said that you were just like, you know, reading the word of God. And I can see from the way you, you know, you spoke that the word of God actually shaped you into what you are today. Mm-hmm. This is really great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So now, please, um, why did you decide to, to move and live in a totally different culture from yours? Hmm. I think when I first moved in 2009, I wasn't sure what exactly actually what cross-cultural work looked like, especially partnering with churches. And oh. the more, though, I lived in um, closed access countries and underdeveloped Muslim countries, the more I saw the need um, for light, for truth, for hope. And so the more I saw that need, the more convicted I felt like, okay, this is the path God has for me. Um, Cause I, I'm so grateful that I got to meet Jesus at an early age, but all of these people who've never heard of him, never had a chance to read his word, or maybe don't even have his word in their language that they truly need to hear that good news too. Moment you saw the need, you felt that conviction in your heart, and I think that is so insightful because many times, you know, as people, we just live and we see the need around us. We don't really do anything about it, mm-hmm. even though sometimes we get this conviction as well that you got. But you know, I must really say I am encouraged that you saw the needs and you allowed your conviction to lead you into serving them in this way. You know, and I have to say. So often we don't know how to help. And even to this day, some days I'm like, Lord, how do we help these people? But I think that's when we get to lean on God and see him show up. And it's not about us. Yes, Yes. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So so were there times when you wanted to give up? And, um, you know, when when that happened, what encouraged you to keep on serving in in this way? Well, there's definitely times that I want to give up. I sometimes meet those amazing Christians that you idolize when you shouldn't be idolizing people. <laughs> oh, my God. And you're like, how do they have such amazing faith? And, you know, it's helped me see how human I am in those moments. But during those times, God sends me verses from the word. Um, he sends me encouraging emails or notes from friends and even forces me to get to a point of um of isolation that I will just come before him on my knees so that he can personally renew me instead of looking to my own strength. And so, yeah, there's days I want to give up and I wish, I wish I could say no, never, but, but in those weaknesses, I really see God's strength. I mean, I totally agree with you, Laura, because yeah, it is when we say we need him, that's when he shows up. I mean, serving God all this way myself, I have seen that many times when I decide to say, okay, I can do it by myself then I don't know how to go about it mm-hmm. until I say, okay, um, here I am. <laughs> I need you right now. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so working with people from, um, you know, from a different culture means that you had to give up on some of your choices and embrace theirs. Yeah. And, yeah. So what, what are some of these things for you, Laura? I think the biggest things that were a challenge to me was really changing my mentality about how, different cultures view um, even the roles of men and women. I come from the West. I come from 
um, especially in the States, you need to be independent. Um, you need to have high education, then, then you'll be more valued and you're, and if you're married at certain ages and then still working and this is what it should look like. And I come from a right and wrong culture um, yeah. where it's very black and white in many ways. And these are all in, influential factors that we form in our culture of what it means to be a woman. Yeah. And then moving to the Middle East where how they view, view women is very different. And I wouldn't say all of it is right or all of it is wrong, but it really challenged me to say, okay, what does it actually mean to be a woman of God? Because um, I've read the books, you know, you hear the sermons, but to actually be stripped from your culture really challenges you to see what do you actually believe in and what does actually the word of God say. And it helps challenges, at least for me, my ideology because I don't want to teach people about my culture. I want to teach them about God's truth. And, and so it really challenged, and I had to give up some of my, not bad things, but just my own culture identity in order to serve people better um, and to embrace more and to respect their value of women um, better too. Yeah, that's really great. Thanks, Laura, mm -hmm. for sharing. Um, so what do you do when you're faced with resistance from some of these people? How, how do you handle that? Well, depending on the situation, I will laugh or I will cry. <laughs> so um, I can see that the days that I'm crying are when I'm feeling weak. Um, but And I just think, man, how does the enemy have such a stronghold over our lives and, and the lies that he is, has over us and how he's tainted us humans from knowing and understanding God. And then there's days that I laugh because I know like God's got this. And no matter what comes, God is bigger than the resistance, and he's going to do something greater just to prove how great he is. So it kind of depends on how I'm doing spiritually. So I have to continue to come back to the Lord because God's got it. He's under, he knows this is going to happen, and he has a plan. Yes, indeed. He does. He does, Lauren. Yes, you can say that again. Okay. Hold on tight, people. We will be right back after this time. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Feel this temple, take your
welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that beautiful, sonorous piece from Laura Abels. It's still the Real God, Real People podcast, and we are listening to the testimony of Laura Meller, who works with people from different cultures. As you go about your know, cross-cultural work, you know, working with these people, at what point do you, do you nod your head and say, okay, I think God is working here? At what point do you do that? Yeah, I think um, I have to look for the little things because I, often at church, we hear only the good, big stories and are in conferences. This is, you know, the miracle that happened. But there's so many little miracles that happen usually before that big miracle. And it's and I had to train myself. First of all, there's no such thing as big and little miracle in my mind. It's all miracles. <laughs> it's all miracles. <laughs> yes. But how we as humans view some of it, we put, we, we forget the little things. Um, so I was recently reminded even to look for those little little miracles, if we say that, and to not not praise God in those moments because that's God working. And it's so hard for us to see it sometimes, but he is here and he's helping people in in situations. And even recently, I was just reminded, reminded of a lady who was going to have an abortion by the grace of God has chosen not to. And we celebrate Mm. that. And we celebrate the person who, who even from our Christian background has decided, Hey, I want to reach out to someone who has a different faith. And that's a miracle too. And so like I celebrate now all of those things because those are everything that God is doing in someone's life. (laughs) Oh, Laura, you know, I like that you said, you know, the small miracles. Well, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I cannot also say small and big miracles, but maybe just those little things, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think I'm going to take that as a challenge for myself as well Mm -hmm. to look for the small stories. Because at the end of the day, they point us towards the bigger stories and the bigger pictures, exactly, right? Exactly. Please, could, could you share with us, you know, what you are learning from God on this journey, Laura? I think if you ask me that um, in different seasons, I have a different answer for everything. Um, oh, but yeah. I think right now in this season, um, I'm just reminded that like we were talking about that God is working and I was, and this verse has really been on my mind and I have it in my office right now. And, and it's John 5, 17. And it says, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very end. I too am working. Um, and, and if we allow God to use us, he will. It is done in ways and places I may not understand, but he is patient and faithful in my weaknesses um, and cares no matter what I think in my successes or in my failures, he's bigger and he's always working in my personal life and the life in my work and also in the work of the church. And it's so hard to remind myself of that sometimes, but he's always constantly reminding me to look back, remind myself of his faithfulness and to not forget he's working right now. Mm-hmm. Amen. Don't forget he's working. He's always, always working. I ask you to please share a testimony about how, you know, God has changed the life of one of these people that you work with. Could you share with us a testimony? Yeah, maybe? that's no problem. Um, I was thinking recently of someone that 
about three years ago, we met at, um, we do a foosball camp at this church here that you and I attend. Um, and I remember, actually didn't remember him at all. He was in a different age group and he was a camper with us. And then the last two years, he's been a coach with me. So then I got to work with him more and he's gotten to meet more people and more Christians. And we're also his um, helping his family in different ways. And his mom comes to a German class we provide every year like at least the last few years he's asked more and more questions about the bible and about who god is and what we think about it and last year he asked so many questions and i was just so not prepared in my mind i was just thinking right now we're going to talk about this right now (laughs) i wasn't expecting this like you you know we christians sometimes we have like here's when it's going to happen here's how it's going to happen and we don't have room for the holy spirit but the Holy Spirit is always like, hey, I'm working. You're just showing up. You're going to see my glory. <laughs> and so, and so yeah. I've been so encouraged. And has he committed to following? No. But that is something that is, uh, it's four years now. It's five years now that we've been walking with this family and seeing them growing more and more open um, to these conversations. And so to me, that is something significant that God is doing and moving in the people we're serving. Praise the Lord, Laura. God is always moving and it is so amazing. Thanks for sharing. You know, Laura, I mean, we have come to the end of the interview, but I thought to ask you this, you know, I mean, when you decided to work with people from cross-cultural, you know, mm-hmm. places, you had this opportunity to live where you were and travel around to see this called these people and you know work with them. But what what would you say you know to someone who who really also has a heart like yours but does not have the opportunity to travel? And should this person just be be discouraged and not do what God is calling him or her to do? What would you please say to this person? I would say um, first pray, ask God to give you an opportunity. And I don't, I don't necessarily believe it has to be about traveling, but he might be bringing someone, your neighbor, um, a new coworker, a, a new person that you meet at the market, and he'll give you the boldness and the opportunity when, when his timing matches our preparedness too. And I think the more we prepare, we pray, God is preparing our hearts for the moment he's going to maybe travel or maybe bring someone in our lives to start these relationships and start these conversations and Lord willing, inviting others to the kingdom of God. Thank you so much, Laura. That's really great. And Laura, I must say thank you for taking out time for me today out of your busy schedule. No problem. <laughs> I, I just can't believe I haven't been interrupted yet. So we're, we're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. So Laura, yeah, so like I said, we've come to the end of the interview, but I have a tradition of playing a game with my guests before they leave. So oh, is that okay I love games. You? I'm excited. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> let's see how excited you will be when you hear your question. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, I have questions from one to ten. Could you please choose one? Um, three. Okay, it says, please preach a two-minute sermon on God's grace. <laughs> okay. That's a different type of game, but this is... <laughs> okay, you, you yeah. said two minutes? Okay, let's see. Grace. I think this word 
God has been challenging on. And I think it means absolutely something different to everyone. But in the end, grace means God. And the more I can realize and see his picture of what he's done to save me um, through my mistakes from yesterday, the mistakes I'm making today and the mistakes I make tomorrow, his grace covers them. And it's a humbling gift to receive. And Ephesians has a beautiful writing <laughs> on grace. But I think the more I experience and walk out and see God's grace in my life, um, how he equips us, how he gives the community, um, a body of Christ to me, that's also his grace um, that allows me to continue to walk each day knowing that his love is there um, and his grace cannot be removed too. So I think that's one minute, but (laughs) I don't know how our pastors do this. (laughs) Yeah, right. But that's fine, Laura. I mean, you said it all. Grace is God and God is grace. And we are so privileged, aren't we, to be a part of, to be a part Mm -hmm. of his grace. Well, thank you so much, Laura. And I wish Yeah, I wish you a very blessed day today. I don't know about you, but I am so deeply encouraged by all that God is doing in Laura's life and her ministry. Isn't that amazing? I must remind you about what she said. Sometimes we just have to see the finger of God working in the small things, not just only looking out for the bigger miracles and the bigger stories. What an awesome testimony. Yes, that was Laura Meller and it's been the Real God, Real People podcast. Don't forget to share with friends and family. Until I come your way again very, very soon, it's me, your host, Blessing Obada.